them to try and uh, and take it. I mean, it's not easy to do what we do. So if they think they can, by all means. Anyway, um, all right. So tonight we are not going to be doing any game night festivities. I thought we would do something a little bit more intimate and fun. I thought we could have our own version of Geek Vibes Live. Um, there are a few topics out there that I thought we would have a lot of fun talking about. Um, one of them being uh, how we view the state of movie theaters after the coronavirus epidemic uh, has come to an end or somewhat slows up. Um, so that's one of the topics. The other ones I'll kind of go through as, as we go. You guys have any ideas, just shout them out. Um, and we just talk about it. So this does not need to be an extremely long one. Um, you all have voiced the unnecessary uh, length I sometimes go with with these episodes. So this, we're just going to have fun, um, and, and we're going to flow, and then when we're ready to stop, we stop it. Um, so let's start off with this first topic. Um, obviously, we hear AMC was uh, talking about filing for bankruptcy. We also heard that theaters are beefing with Universal, um, threatening not to play any Universal movies in their theaters, and then quickly came back on it. Um, but I, I do believe, and Tia, you more than anyone can speak to this because I've had this conversation with you so many times. I do believe it only takes one streaming service to release a large quality movie and make it streaming only. Uh, maybe do select theaters, like one showing in LA, one in New York, uh, one in Chicago, maybe do something like that. But it only takes one um, for the tides to change. And now the reason why I don't think theaters are in an immediate threat is because you can't duplicate anything a theater can do at home. For example, um, when Avatar was, was huge, uh, we say this numerous times, the movie was huge because of the visual of it. You putting on 3D glasses and going into this world. You can't really get that feeling from your television. Um, I think if you, if when Avatar first came out, if everyone could only watch it on Disney Plus, we'd look at that movie completely differently. We'd go, ah, I was, uh, okay, whatever. Um, you know, we wouldn't look at it as this visual masterpiece. Um, I personally look at it to where, excuse me, scary movies. I can only watch in a movie theater. There's very few times that I actually do watch scary movies. It has to be in a movie theater because, uh, especially when you're building suspense, how movie theaters have the surround sound, the sound kind of goes a little quiet, kind of lures you in and then boom, get you. I can't, I can't really do that on my television. I have a really nice size TV, but I can't really get that feeling of it. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot about what a movie theater offers that you can't really get at home. Um, but again, it only takes one. If Marvel tells you uh, right now, hey, you know how you guys have been dying for X-Men and Fantastic Four? X-Men's gonna come out on Disney Plus. Um, if that comes out on Disney Plus and does record-breaking streaming numbers, I can almost guarantee you, whether it's Bob Iger or whoever replaces him, we'll start to say, let's implement slowly. Maybe we'll do this Hercules movie for, for Disney Plus, and then maybe we'll do this. And then slowly but surely, Apple will follow in Sue. Netflix will follow in Sue. Um, and then theaters could truly have a problem. Um, but 
Chris, I actually want to start with you. Is this something that obviously we're being prisoner of the moment with and we're kind of over exaggerating about? Could you see a possibility to where theaters are kind of slowly being weeded out as streaming services are doing more bigger scaled uh, projects that are purely um, streaming only? Well, I think the, the caveat to all of this is the actual movie-going experience, right? It's the same thing as going to a sporting, sporting event. I mean, I'd much rather prefer to watch football on TV, but there's something special about going and seeing it live. I would say that there's a little bit to that with a movie, and you gave some good, you know, good examples of you're not, unless your house is just absolutely ridiculous or you have a massive amount of money, it's really hard to get that same experience. I would say the one thing that they need to focus on is when, all of this is over and you can go back to the movies is making that experience the best possible. Um, and I think the, the, the biggest thing is without ticket sales, if you're just doing streaming, how does that equate? What are, what are you selling those? Let's say it, you're streaming a new release. What does that pricing model look like? Because I don't think it would be like a subscription service. It would be like a pay to see ticket, like a digital right. ticket, which I thought would be really smart in general. Um, I think there's multiple ways to, you know, see sports or see a movie or, or whatever. Um, I could definitely, you know, see AMC side of this where they're like, you're really seeing these films. Um, it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> uh, but I mean, the writing's been on the wall for a while, at least in my opinion. I mean, there's so many movies that, you know, unless it's going to give you, if I'm just watching like a, a, an indie film or something that I know is not going to be crazy visual, um, as opposed to something like Dunkirk, I don't necessarily feel like I need to go to the theater for that, but I know there's a always an argument to be made about going and having that theater experience because, you know, I'm sure when film came out, people thought the, you know, the opera and Broadway would be done to some extent, right? So you just have to make that experience very special and make people really have the nostalgia for it like when you were a kid going to see a movie or something. There's gotta be more to it than just offering the beer and food it needs to be more special in my opinion. It's just making that thing bigger so that people still care about going to the theater. Yeah. And I think like, I would say if um, let's, let's, let's give a really good example. Let's say if um, Disney plus tells you, all right, you want to see Dr. Strange too. Um, we're releasing it exclusively on Disney plus and you have to pay, let's say $20, 20 to $25. Right. A lot of people will go, that's a lot. Like, I don't know if I want to pay that. But then I would ask that same person, have you ever taken your significant other or your mom or your, your, your sister or your brother or whoever to the movies and gotten some candy, some popcorn, plus two tickets? That's almost $30. <laughs> so you're paying 30 to $34 uh, to eat and have a movie experience when they're telling you you could do that at home for almost 10 to $15 less. Plus it's more convenient. You don't have to drive, find parking, get all dressed up, have to wait in line. None of that. Your convenience is you're at home. You can be in your sweats. You could be in your birthday suit, whatever you want. You can enjoy your movie how you want to. And it's $20. Now here's the tricky part, Chris, of where they're going to have to bridge that gap. People are going to say, if I pay $20, is this $20 for life that I have this movie or do I have to pay $20 each time I want to watch it? 
that to me will make the difference between whether people are jumping to do that or people are kind of like, maybe I might kind of rather have a full experience. Because uh, a lot of people, like if, if when I saw Infinity War, right, I wouldn't have minded paying $20 to watch that at home. But to me, the experience of it is what truly made that movie special. Looking around and seeing kids start to cry because Spider-Man disappeared and people uh, that were gasping when uh, Thanos took the blade off of Iron Man's arm and stabbed him with it and you thought he was going to die at that moment. Um, just experiencing that with people is something that can't really be duplicated anywhere else. Um, so, I mean, there are elements of it that will be risky, but to your point, with streaming numbers, I've said this, Chris, for forever. Every streaming company, whether it's Apple Music, Spotify, whatever, they lie about their numbers. So when Netflix tells you, Stranger Things season three broke all kinds of records and you've never seen a streaming record like this. What do you have to equate that to? How can you vis like how can you visibly see that those numbers were hit? You can't. And then your question is, well, how long were they extended? Like if I told you a movie was number one for four weeks, you go, that's impressive. But if I told you Stranger Things broke records for a Friday, that means nothing to me. Because then that means for the remainder <laughs> of the year, no one's watching that. It has no replay value because that all those millions that watched it Friday aren't watching it Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So it's more impressive for a movie to hit those numbers consecutive weeks more so than it is for a streaming show to have it for the course of two to three days. So, I mean, that, that will be difficult. That, that will be difficult. But uh, did you want to add anything else, Chris? Yeah, I mean, just a rebuttal with digital purchases in general, if you really read the fine print on most things, even if you purchase a movie, like for Amazon, you don't necessarily own that movie, you own the rights to watch that film, but you don't own that movie if they decide to take it off their platform. So, I mean, that's an <laughs> argument you could, you could make about anything, not just, you know, streaming a movie for one ticket price. I think the one ticket price thing is great for me personally, especially when it gets around like Oscar season, mm -hmm. there's like seven films I want to see. Um, I would much rather sit at home and do that unless it's like something, like I said, like Dunkirk, where it's going to be an actual experience. Like, I, I think it's all about the experience. And like you said, with the fan reaction, there's certain movies where, oh, hell yeah, I want to see that in the theaters. But, you know, if it's like, a, like I said, like a deep indie film, I don't necessarily feel like I need to necessarily see that in the theater. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I mean, look, whenever this next Fast and Furious comes out or the next Hobbs and Shaw, I, I don't want to have to go to the theater to have to see that. Um, I also don't want to have to wait like six months for it to come out on DVD. I'd rather pay $20 and watch it at home. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I do want to see both, uh, but I don't want to have to go to the theater with other people to experience it. Um, so, I mean, I, I completely understand what you're saying. And you made a great point. Um, when you buy it, <laughs> like I know, like I legit bought Netflix uh, around when it really started getting hot because I wanted to be able to watch Family Guy up to that point without having to buy the DVDs. American Dad was on there. Archer was on there. The Office. Once Family Guy and all those stuff started to go, I'm kind of like, I, I paid only for this. <laughs> like, And now it's gone. And I had to go the rest of the month trying to figure out what to watch. Um, luckily, not long after Daredevil and everything else came. But, um, you know, you're absolutely right. You buy it. And then if Amazon's like, hey, it's not really doing well for us being here. We're going to get rid of it. You're kind of like, I just spent $24.99. What, what do you mean? I'm going to get rid of it. Do I get my money back? No. 
<laughs> and I mean, a, a perfect a perfect example is I purchased Cannonball Run. Somehow Amazon lost the rights to it. So this is a film that I technically sh should own, but right. it's no longer on Amazon. Right. So right. even though I own the rights right. to stream it, if it's not there on the platform, you can't watch it. And this goes the same thing with iTunes. It's it's actually, when you really start reading into it, it gets a lot shadier than you yeah. think. You're basically yeah. paying for an endless release until they're ready to pull it off for whatever reason, whatever might happen. Yeah. I mean, to me, I get your point, but to me, sometimes when I buy movies, like I bought a bunch of movies on, on iTunes throughout the, the time I've had an iPhone. Um, and I'm like, it's not like a, a, I don't have like a lifelong, uh, you know, uh, kind of feeling toward it. So like I bought infinity war not long after it came out on DVD and I was able to get it on iTunes. Um, but if it ever disappeared from iTunes, I kind of be like, I've seen it like a hundred times. I, I feel like I'm pretty good. Um, yeah, and I mean, you're you're a gamer, so you definitely understand that coming from like PlayStation yeah. or Xbox, where yeah. sometimes you're just going to lose stuff because of trademarks for music or however they wrote those deals. Sometimes that stuff just goes away, whether you own it or not. That sucks more because games cost sixty dollars, <laughs> not twenty. <laughs> so if I spend sixty dollars, it better be here when my kids' kids are are, are on this earth, so I could show them the game. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. But uh, Martin, I want to go to you next. How do you view this situation? Do you feel as though movie theaters should feel threatened? Or is this something that once things go back to normal and they clean the theaters and maybe what they smartly should do, uh, separate some of the seating so I'm not sitting next to the guy that's coughing up a lung next to me. Um, <laughs> no, space out your seatings, clean them more thoroughly. Uh, when you do stuff like that, um, I think you have people more comfortable going there, but the idea of seeing the guy, like the guy telling you, hey, wait out here a second, guys, I'm going to go clean the theater, and he comes out in five minutes. I'm like, what did you clean? He's like, oh, I just swept up the popcorn. That's not cleaning. <laughs> like, I don't know what the guy before me was doing in that chair. Um, you know, like thoroughly clean that. Like, you know, spray something, wipe something down. Um, but do you think this is something that will pretty much pass and we'll be back in theaters as soon as we're able to? I, I honestly believe that this is, you know, just the phase we're going to because of the virus thing. Uh, now they have to understand, you know, the studios have to start, you know, while the, stu the theaters are shut down, they've got, they still got to make money if they can, uh, which is, you know, why they're doing the <clears throat> live streaming thing. But I think, you know, when I go to the theater, like you know, you, you've covered so many of the points that I would think about. Like I said, especially like in dealing with the, the Avengers thing with the whole, whole crowd atmosphere, with the audience atmosphere. Like I said, just watching the scenes on YouTube, I, I still get chills watching how people react to certain scenes. So you'd be hard pressed to duplicate that. And you say, you know, I've got, uh, just talking about Avatar in 3D, I got a 3D TV. Uh, but number one, uh, I got to think originally for, for Avatar, uh, I barely seldom watch 3D movies. Matter of fact, the best 3D movie I have is about fish, which is kind of sad. Uh, and, you know, I said, I've, I've had surround sound before. It's just not the same thing. Uh, now, like I said, I, I don't begrudge anybody trying to, you know, make money, especially during this time where, you know, you're struggling. But I think once it, once we get past this point, hopefully we get past this point. Uh, the, I mean, it, 
especially all these blockbuster movies, as you say, you said, you know, I'm going to pay, you know, if I pay $25 to see one streaming online, right, that's not much different than what I'm paying at the theater, but I'm still getting a different feel for it in the theater. And more, honestly, except for the big blockbusters like Marvel, you know, some of the Marvel stuff and everything, I generally don't go to the theater that much. I mean, basically, I just wait till it comes out on Blu-ray and buy the Blu-ray, then just uh, take the uh, digital copy and put it on my Voodoo, and then I've got both, you know, that's because I'm lazy about pulling the disc out. Uh, <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, like I can say, I can understand both sides, but I think in the end, eventually it's going to get back just the way it was. But as you say, if a streaming company could come up with a plan where it makes monetary sense for someone, as you say, just for the comfort of home, I mean, again, it's never going to be the same thing. Uh, that may happen, but I, I, I fully expect things to go back the way they are once we get past this whole CV-19 thing. Yeah, my biggest thing is, I, I think a lot of people feel as though um, it's something that can't be done, and it's very easily possible to do uh, video on demand and make up your uh, your money through that. Um, it's not impossible. It, it's not. It, again, it all depends on the person, and, and it's a gamble that you take nonetheless. Um, to me, uh, like you were saying, Chris, um, just the best way to gauge it isn't by going, well, how many streams did we get like music does? You would just gauge it to where it's like I charged $20 and 100,000 people uh, spent the $20 for my movie. Uh, you gauge it that way rather than trying to say, well, it hit this many sales. Per Don't make it confusing. Just I set it at $20, 200 to 300,000 people bought it. That's how I'm gauging the success of uh, where it's at and to me if you're a movie theater the reason why I think a lot of these movie theater owners are kind of um, freaking out is because movie theaters struggle as it is uh, we all know this so I'm not saying it is news for us but a lot of people don't know this um, movie theaters when people go geez they're charging you like 13 to 15 dollars and the concession is, is like 13 to 15 dollars like that's highway robbery the reason they charge you so much at concession is that's where their money comes from. Studios take your ticket sales. Um, studios are overcharging you for your tickets. Theaters are overcharging you for the food because that's their bread and butter. So when people come in with their own foods and stuff, uh, you know, and then like 10, 10 years later, they're like, how did these movie theaters close? Oh, a lot of people thought like you and <laughs> said, I'm not spending, I'm not spending $45 on two people to, uh, to eat and enjoy the movie. Um, so, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like once Netflix started to really become a thing and then Apple and then Disney plus movie theaters started to get nervous already. Um, because there are people that don't rush to the theaters Friday, Saturday, or Sunday to see movies. Some people go on a Tuesday. Um, so what does that mean for your movie? It means your movie didn't really hit peak sales for a weekend. It's hitting its peak during the week. Um, and they don't like that. They like weekend box office numbers because they think that's when the most people can go. Um, so, I mean, movie theaters should feel threatened regardless if we had coronavirus or not. Uh, their time is coming. I, I will say, Chris, the point you made of everyone thought like opera and stuff like that would kind of make its way out and they're still here and they're still doing great movie theaters will be the same thing but it'll be more of a niche to where someone will be like yo i'm taking my daughter to the movie theaters and someone will look at you like you're what 
who does that? And it's like, ah, she's never really experienced it, so I'm going to take her. Um, but I do think we will have a future to where people will look at you crazy for going to the movies um, because it'll become such a norm to watch it at home. Uh, but Tia, do you view it the same way or do you kind of feel like once this is over in 2021, we would assume, this doesn't like it's getting any better this year, um, but once this is over, we'll all be back in the movie theaters. I mean, so, like, for me personally, before all of this happened, I wasn't going to the movie theaters unless it was a huge blockbuster movie. In general, I'm not going to go to the theater to go see those smaller type of films. Films like Scoob or World, uh, Trolls Worldwide, those should be um, streaming service movies unless the argument then could be made well you know just to get the kids out of the house but do you really want to spend all that money to take your kids to the movie theater and they're just going to cry and whine and run up and down the aisles anyway I'd much rather have that at home now that being said prior to all this I did say oh I would spend 19 20 dollars to rent a movie but then Invisible Man was available to rent, and I was like, I'm not spending 19 to $20 to rent this movie. It might have been different if they wanted to put Black Widow on Disney+. Plus. I will say that. I would definitely pay that for that movie. But in general, I don't know where the direction of movie theaters are going to go. I actually don't see that they're going to go the way of Broadway. And this is from someone who actually goes to see Broadway. But those are $150 per ticket. So you're only going like once or twice a year anyway, um, unless you just got it like that, which is good for you. But, um, you know, some people with movies are going all the time, like Dom and AJ and all of that. And some people like that experience. Paola loves that experience. And that's great for me. Um, I view it as I only want that crowd experience for those blockbusters. Like, Infinity War, like Endgame. I can't imagine experiencing some of those big highlights in those films uh, at home. Those were so wonderful because of the shared experience in the movie theater. But I mean, I think everyone has their good points here. You know, Chris made some really amazing points. You made some amazing points because you're right, Juan. It's like, all right, you don't want to spend the 19 to $20 to rent because that's expensive. But you're going to go to the theater for about 14 bucks, right? It's not like you own the movie. You're seeing it. And then me, who goes to the Alamo, uh, where they serve you your drinks and food, I'm getting a few beers, I'm getting popcorn, I'm getting pizza. And so then your bill does end up being around $30, $40 at the end of it. So for me, I can't make the predictions of how the movie theaters are going to go. I think they might obviously assess what type of movies they show, such as independent movies, which normally wouldn't probably have that big of a theater run anyway, be more available on streaming services like what Amazon is doing for the SXSW um, festival right now. All I know is that for me, once the movie theaters come back, I'm going to go see all of the amazing comic book movies, and that's going to be it. You'll see me at the Black Widow premiere. You'll see me at the Eternals and Wonder Woman 1984. But I'm not going to be there for Fast and Furious 9. I'm not going to be there for other films. So for me personally, I don't think that my 
attitude towards the movies are going to change. They're going to go back to exactly how they were before all this shit happened. Yeah, and I was just thinking about this as you were talking. Like, AMC has the Stubbs, the Stubbs uh, membership, or the A, the A-list, or whatever it's called. I've been out of movies, it feels like, for forever now. Um, but it's like the A-list uh, program. Me and Joel have it, where you could see three movies uh, a week um, for like $25. I think streaming services, if they ever implemented this to come out of movie theaters, should do like a month and you could see up to five movies um you could get up to five movies to uh to rent for that month uh i think if you do it that way it'll work because the first thing we know is once theaters open again all these movies are going to hit you very quickly it's going to be like october six movies november six movies december six movies um and i think what's going to happen is you're going to have a lot of people that have to make a lot of decisions um because once movie theaters opens up what does that mean everyone who hasn't had to pay rent um in in their certain states or whatever that opens up too uh you got to pay for that your kids go back to school got to pay for transportation so like everything will start to hit you uh if you're an adult it's like that'll be the worst possible time when everything <laughs> is ready to to serve you your your bills again um, so you're not going to be looking forward to spending, what, like uh, $30 every time for that one month for those three or four movies. Um, because all the blockbusters are pushed back to later this year. So you'll get 007, you'll get Wonder Woman, you'll get Black Widow, you'll get um, Eternal, like you'll get all that all at once. And I think it'll cause a lot of people to make decisions. Um, so go ahead. And that's the problem with, say, and I, I don't know if we've mentioned it either via chat or on one of these type of shows, but that's the problem with some of these streaming services not having premiered their stuff earlier. Like I said, HBO Max is premiering May 27th. Well, I don't know about all of your guys' states, but my state of New York is planning on reopening May 15th. So you're going to have all of these states reopening, people going back to work, people going back to school, going to this, going to that, and you're deciding to put your – it's like you clearly have the stuff. I've seen the trailers. You clearly have the movies. Um, I'm not a technical person, so I'm not going to you know, say what maybe the problems are there or something, but – as you assess everything that was going on, it should have been your decision to push out HBO Max, say, like, a month ago. That would have been the prime time. Like, Quibi? Quibi could not have, like, decided to put their shit out at a better time. It's like, we're literally putting our shit out in the middle of the apocalypse. It's 90 days free trial. So you get to, for free while you have all the time in the world get to sit down and watch every single one of our shit that's only like eight minutes per episode i will say this because I, I was with you you know i was right there with you like release release the kraken give it to us give us everything <laughs> right now um but what does come behind that is uh, a lot of money has been spent on marketing a lot of money has been spent yeah. on slots um so all albeit none of this marketing matters because you're not doing red carpets um it, it 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 is still money that was spent so ultimately it's like everything that you put money towards to go towards that specific time uh, it's really hard to reshuffle the deck and now say 
all right, forget all the Instagram lives and the, the Twitter Q&A and stuff we were going to do then. Let's push it all to right now. Um, I agree with you because I do believe once everyone opens up again, no one's going to want to be in the house. So for you to think that someone's going to sit there a week-to-week basis or an hour-to-hour basis or a day-to-day basis watching all this streaming content, no, no. Their streaming services are going to feel what movie theaters have been feeling these past couple of months very quickly. Um, and of course, yes, it will gradually start to, to dip back uh, into the streaming services favor as we get closer to the winter um, or if this world ever has a winter again, specifically the, the East Coast. Um, but um, uh, it dragged. Yeah, no, we didn't even have one. It just was like, we didn't have There was the dusting. Like, that was about it. So you're right. You're absolutely right. And the thing is, is that, sorry, one last thing is that when. You know, if and when, because they are saying that it's kind of ridiculous for us to think that anything's ever going to go back to normal, and that's true, but say you're, you go back to your nine to five, when you get home, you you haven't been home all day, so you're going to have to clean, you're going to have to cook, you're going to have to do that, and the weekends, because you've been sitting at home for three months now, you're going to utilize those weekends to do your errands, to go visit family, perhaps, and all that. You're not going to sit down and want to indulge in binge watching. Yeah, no, look, you're completely correct. Um, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's, it's obviously a wait and see. Um, it's nothing that we could say specifically or uh, emphatically. But I mean, it's just, it, it's the logic of it. Um, like we've been trapped in our house uh, ultimately this entire time. When we're able to go out, I just, and me being a homebody, I'm gonna wanna go out. I'm gonna wanna just be in a comic book shop around other people that aren't my family 24 seven. Um, so, I mean, I'm gonna be yearning for that. The last thing I'm gonna want is to be like, uh, Juwan, what are you doing? I'm just still sitting in my basement. Really? They opened the world. Yeah, no, I just still wanted to sit. No, no one's going to think that. So, um, Especially with the summer, if we're allowed, like for me personally, if you're allowed to go to the beach or the pool, I'm going to the freaking beach in the pool. Yeah. Don't yeah. just get a tan. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, look, that, that, that's, that's what everyone is, is, is thinking. Um, vacations that you wanted to take, people are going to get chances to take those. So it's like, Everything will hit at once, and it's going to be hard for these streaming services. But, Jacoya, to round this out of this topic, um, do you think things will go back to normal? Movie theaters will be fine. It'll be a booming business again. Or do you think that this is a sign of the times changing? Uh, and part of the times changing is movie theaters might start to phase themselves out. Um, I... I can uh, answer this question based on um, the uh, the numbers that came back from Trolls World too. So Trolls World did this, you know, this big rollout for their digital um, premiere. Um, you know, they had the Fandango ads going, and you can buy, you know, buy the uh, the movie or rent the movie, um, and then you'll be able to watch it for. Um, you had 30 days to be able to actually watch it. And then you had 48 hours within, you know, once you started watching to actually watch the movie, you could watch it multiple times within that time frame. So I was actually checking numbers out for that. And Trolls actually was able to make, um, I think it was 
$75 million just based off of, you know, the streaming option, right? Generally, what Universal said was that they usually split whatever, whatever their movies do within whatever movie. So let's say AMC, if whatever the ticket sells with, with, um, with AMC is, they actually split the movie. They actually split the money. Whatever the money is bought in, they split it. With them just doing straight streaming, they didn't have to split. They, they got the straight up $75 million. So now AMC is mad. And they're like, well, we're not going to stream any more Universal movies now. They have an attitude now, you know, because it's like now you're trying to make it. It's like now that this actually worked out, now it's like, wait a minute, we may have a problem. And since you're broadcasting it, now we can't work with you anymore because you're going to give other, you know, other, um, you know, movie uh, franchises to, to have an idea of we can keep our money on our own if we do it the streaming way. Um, movie theaters for me is kind of a iffy thing with me. I only go out for specific movies. I go out for premieres, for my Marvel premieres. I go out for, I do, actually, I didn't go see Fast and Furious in the movie theater. Um, I went, like, for order, I did not, I went to go see, <laughs> I went to go see um, the Jurassic Park. And that was only because I had T-Mobile Tuesday at that time. And on, they was giving us the ticket. So I was like, all right, cool. When I go to the movies, I actually get discounts for my ticket. So I only pay between $8.50 and $10 for a ticket to go see, to go see a movie. When I do go to a movie, I make it an event. So we go to like premiere, like we went to go see Captain Marvel. Like we all, it was an event. Like we all had our Captain Marvel stuff on. We go out for event movies. If it's a regular movie, we either streaming or we're going to wait until it comes on, you know, online. Um, so I've never been like a crazy, I have to go to the movie thing. Now I do have a Stubbs, I have a, I have a Stubbs premiere account. For when I do go, you know, I get my discounts, you get your little birthday, things like that and stuff. Um, that is the part where the movie theaters will miss out on is that concession part. I honestly think that if the world decides to open back and the media uses the proper words, everybody's going to forget this happened. It's going to be a very small percentage of people who's going to be like, oh, my God, I'm not going to go out. I'm scared to go outside. I think that once the once the gates are open, I think everybody's going to flood back out to doing what they regularly were doing. I don't think it's going to be that much of a resistance to go back out and enjoy life because I think a lot of people had a lot of people have a lot of time to think about the times when they took advantage of the time of being able to be outside. So now I was like, Oh my gosh, I wasn't, I was making excuses to not go this place and not go this place. But now, and now that I can't go, I really want to go. So when I have the opportunity to, I'm going to go out and enjoy life, you know? So I honestly don't think that it will be an instant issue but I think that there will be some back talk conversations on where the profit is going to be at. Because at the end of the day, all these big companies care about is their profit. And if they're able to keep more profit in their pocket without having to share. And if, again, if this, um, if this lockdown continues, because even though New York city is saying, or New York the area is saying May 15th, I see them extending that. I don't see it actually opening May, May 15th. You know what I'm saying? So the longer that we have to wait, for the world to actually open, more adjustments from these companies are going to have to be made to be able to, to adjust to the new lifestyles. Now, I actually have a home theater system at home where I can enjoy my movies how I want to with the surround and the, and the different echoes and all stuff like that. And I actually, you know, I enjoy that. People who are movie buffs, if they have to, they will adjust to do so and enjoy movies in their home. You know what I'm saying? 
Um, when we had our troll, we did our troll for me in the household. I had a big AMC sign printed on the wall. I had um, I had a poster. I made like concession stand. I made like real like movie theater nacho cheese. I actually found a recipe <laughs> online and made the nacho cheese. I had it in the little shot cups. I had the nachos. I made little sliders. Like we literally had a movie theater set up in here because that was the idea that we wanted to get. We was having a premiere and we got creative and we were stuck in the house and we couldn't go out. So I think that um, more people are learning to be more creative. They're learning to be more innovative and in what they, you know, in their own skill sets. So like I said, it's, it's kind of an up and down thing because I'm not particularly sure. I know down south when I lived in Miami, they have an outdoor theater there. And a lot of outdoor theaters have actually come back into business. They've been opened back up. They've only been like showing like older movies, but they are trying to like gauge the interest. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, do we have another market here? Because what is the best thing to be in the safety of your own car with your family? Like we used to have a truck that had the back that the hatch came down. My mother would like put the car backwards and we would be in the back, in, in the back hatch of the truck watching the movies laid out. You know, like that was like our, our Saturdays. We did that all the time. So I don't know if we would have that option here in New York City or whether Queens or maybe Long Island may be able to do something like that, but that will give an option for innovation, for a change. There's going to have to be some kind of adjustment in, in an in a adjustment to the shift because there's a shift going on right now. The whole idea, like the regular nine to five job is going to be different. Like that, 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 that lie that the bosses was telling everybody that you can't work from home, it's a, we, we realized it was a lie. We can work from home. I work really, really quickly to get us the options and the systems to work from home. So this this adjustment right now is really changing. So I'm just, I'm interested to see what it is. But I don't think that if again, if we're allowed to go outside, I don't think it's gonna be an instant downward spiral for the movie theaters. But I do think that these um that these movie th these movie um makers, they're gonna be make, making some conversations behind the scenes to figure out what they can do to keep profit. If this, if the streaming option continues to work for them, I don't think that they're gonna be, they're gonna be trying to find a way to keep their profits in their pocket, put it like that. It's not gonna be about us. It's gonna be about what money can they keep. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, so I was gonna, when we were talking about making movies special, and this is just an experience I've had in the past with going to see older films. I feel like movie theaters still have something to fall back on with the amount of films that are still out there in classics, and there's still ways to tour those original films, film reels. Like, for instance, when they did Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs for Quentin Tarantino, that was like a must-see for me because I didn't get to see those in theaters because I was like, what, I don't know, seven or something when they came out. <laughs> so I think there's always a niche market for theaters, and it's just about making that experience better. And, uh, and like I said, I mean, there's lots of ways to do that. Uh, and we've seen that with the dinner theaters. I think it just... It, it, you still got to, they just have to step it up a little bit, especially when you can look at the success and some of the numbers um, that Miss Major threw out there uh, <laughs> when, you, when you're talking about the trolls. And, and that, that whole thing sounded awesome as far as a premiere in your own house. That's amazing. I love that. I love that idea. But as we're able, like right now, we have what, five people in a chat talking about this. More and more people could just do this and watch a movie at the same time and react to it at the same time. I mean, there's so many different things and the world's changing. And I think this is an obvious, as mentioned, this is an obvious thing that people are seeing. It's like, there's lots of different ways to enjoy things and do different things that don't necessarily require you going to a theater. 
which means that you have to make that movie theater experience very special. Like, you know, going to see The Shining and having a Q&A or Napoleon Dynamite and having a Q&A or, or just something silly. Some of the things that I've been to that were fun going to a theater experiences. And, and hopefully they'll look at this and say, okay, well, how do we make coming to see a movie special again? Well, yeah. And if I can just make a point really quick, you're completely right, Chris. Like, um, I'm just going to throw out some stuff like United Artists Theater. It was really, you just go there. Here's like a shitty concession stand with some gummy bears and overpriced popcorn. And then you go see the movie and you walk out. But like say the Alamo does a lot of those old movie nights. They'll have, you know, classics playing. About five years ago, I actually went with a bunch of friends of mine and saw Spice World. Yes huge classic uh, but you know they serve food to you they serve um drinks to you anytime there's a superhero movie all of the commercials beforehand are something to do with that they'll do fun facts people will come out and be like are you guys ready for this and we're like yeah we're ready um and you have this like really fun experience or it makes you want to go there so i agree with chris i agree with jacoya that there has to be this like experience that the movie theaters are bringing and i actually love the idea of a uh, drive-through movie theater i think they can actually do that more upstate say in poughkeepsie and all that i uh, i believe i've been to one up there uh you know when i was way younger yeah the the biggest thing is uh, to to uh, let me not say attack but to respond to a few things you were saying jacoya i think when everything opens back up, it still will be gradually slow for movie theaters for this main fact. When they open back up, it won't be it won't be because they cured coronavirus. It'll be because the death toll has dwindled. So it means you could still catch it and get sick from it. It just means it's not as high of a death toll as it was before. Which means if I'm sitting next to somebody and he's coughing and sneezing up a storm, I'm not going to say, oh, that's nothing. Let me get back to my movie. I'm leaving, and I'm politely asking the manager for my money back, and I'll go stream, as Jacoya said, uh, the movie at home. So, I mean, you will get some people that will, will have to kind of get out of the, the mindset of it's still out there and it's still dangerous. I, I don't want to say get out of the mindset, but people try to work around the idea of it. Um, so it still will be slow. I'm just saying you won't yes. have people in the house to watch streaming services. They'll be out in the world. I just don't know how quickly someone will want to be in a library that's packed where they have to sit next to somebody who could start sneezing and coughing. Or, uh, like, I, I know this for a fact. First time I go to the movie theater and I leave and I go to the bathroom and I see, like, six dudes not wash their hands on their way out, I'm probably not coming back to that theater for a while because those guys touched a lot in their, on their way into the bathroom and on their way out of the bathroom. Um, so, I mean, just, just the mentality of how much safer we have to be going forward. Um, those outdoor movies are something that works for, I think, bigger cities because you have a chance of having an area that can fit a lot of people. Um, but where it's going to kind of suck is like, I know Kanan and Dom live in, in, in Tennessee. I don't know how many spots there are in Tennessee for you to be able to, 
to to host a thousand people or a hundred to two hundred to three hundred people. They'll um, drive but, like four hours to go see that. The people down the south love driving. <laughs> we yeah, we used see, to I mean, drive. We, we we actually used to drive like an hour and a half out. Even though we lived in Miami, the place was um. It was down in the Keys, I believe, um, where the actual movie theater was at. So, so, I mean, when it's something like that, you know what you're going for. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I will say, Martin, you you can speak to this uh, a lot more. When I lived in Richmond, Virginia, Richmond was uh, had this thing of making things so convenient. So you had a plaza that had your bank, had your restaurants, had your everything. You had a mall that had everything plus a movie theater to avoid you having to drive far to go to anything. Um, so, I mean, the idea of Richmond saying, hey, guys, you don't mind driving like an hour and a half out of the way to go see a movie, right? People in Richmond might go, no, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that at all. Find somewhere closer for me to be able to enjoy this. So I think that will also be a curve. But to me, the biggest thing is, and also to the point you're making, Jacoy, of the, the studios kind of talking behind the scenes, studios will never have that conversation. Main reason why is, they are the ones that make all the money when they make your tickets $15. They will not want that to change unless the numbers you gave for trolls are great numbers for VOD. Those do not equate to what that movie would have made, especially in this prime time where kids would have been out of school had it been in a theater. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're going to look at that and they're going to kind of go, that was good for that. Let's see if we can drop something else. Let's see if we can triple that. And if we can't, movie theaters are the way to go. The way to get the conversation started is with us. Is if we are deeming we have no interest to go to the theater, we'd rather see it at home. We affect our market. Um, but we have to remember these studios, they don't necessarily want it to happen. They won't be upset if it does because they'll adapt. Um, but they don't necessarily want a future of, I now have to allocate, as Chris said, my streaming numbers, and I now have to see if people are willing to pay $20 per movie um, to watch it at home. Because what a lot of people don't think about, because we're just so used to it, is I was talking to someone today where I was saying, like, hey, what if they, you know, charge a, a certain fee and you kind of just watch a movie at home? And they were like, I don't want to pay that. I'd rather just go to the movies. And I'm like, I don't think you understand how much you pay at a movie theater. I think we've gotten so used to the idea of this is all we have. So it's like, all right, two tickets, you know, dull the kid, here's my card or here's my cash. You're not really processing. You're spending the amount of money or you're actually spending more uh, going to the movies than you are uh, technically for gas. Unless. <laughs> unless you go unless you go to the movie theater by yourself at a matinee and your soda and your chips are in your pocket <laughs> i i have a cousin who does that so yes um so that i i know for a fact that does happen um but it's so few far in between people someone to wake up on a saturday at 10 a.m to be like one of the first people at that it's rare <laughs> it's rare that's why when you see people at a matinee it's just like what are you doing here? You're kind of all looking at each other like, oh, same idea, right? You no, it's, you know, I, we go to matinees a lot, mainly because uh, we've just recently started to greet my 18-year-old uh, son is autistic. He, we had never taken him to a theater because we didn't think he could handle it. So we started taking him to the matinees where there's very few people in there. And right. he does mm -hmm. great. 
And of course, the fact that it's cheaper for us is a good thing too. But that doesn't seem to affect the cost of the popcorn and everything else. Though. Oh no, <laughs> no, that's no. Actually, Martin, I'm surprised they don't increase concession during matinees because they're like, yeah, actually, right, you would think, you're right? They're like, all right, you want to pay eight dollars for your ticket? Well, it's thirty dollars for a small bag of popcorn. <laughs> like, we're gonna make up our money somewhere. Here. Yeah, and they would find my wife's purse a whole lot bigger because something she'd be bringing in the popcorn. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. You'd see like a whole shopping aisle in, in her purse. Um, but no, There's I mean, a I, reason. Go ahead, Tia. No, go There's ahead. a reason why most movie theaters have a dollar store like right next to it. And that dollar store makes all of its money Friday night, Saturday night. Uh-huh. Um, but no, I, I, started, I started being interested in matinees because there's never children there. Um, so like once I started to notice like children aren't there, but then it, it became tough because it was like, would you rather go Thursday night where you know it's going to be loud, so many people, kids and whatever? Would you rather wake up at 10 a.m. on a Saturday? <laughs> I tend to go with Thursday night with the kids and the loud noise um, because I, I'm not waking up 10 o'clock on a Saturday. Um, but matinees are awesome if you're not a fan of crying babies and annoying children. Uh, especially at superhero movies. It is the worst. Um, but all right, let's move on. Let's talk about the um, – I want to talk about the TV show industry. Sorry. Uh, Dakota's texting me like crazy. Um, <laughs> let me mute that because I know you guys are hearing my chimes. Um, but, no, uh, I want to talk about TV, uh, TV shows, mainly because we are seeing that a lot of these shows ended their seasons abruptly. Uh, T, I know you're a fan of Law & Order. I know Law & Order kind of was just like, this isn't really our finale, but, like, this is all we got so far. Um, yeah, so we're I think they ended, um, like, three episodes early. They were supposed to do 24, and it's like, here's the 21st. <laughs> right, exactly. So um, my question is, and Chris, I'm going to go to you first. Um, how do you think this coronavirus situation is going to affect TV shows that now couldn't complete a season so if you're giving me a follow-up season, it's going to be hard to know what to expect of the follow-up season when you didn't finish the previous season. Um, so I think a lot of these people might uh, shoot the remainder of the, the past season, uh, release that, and then go off and shoot the next season. But then that means everything's being pushed back. Like, for example, Chris, uh, I know for a fact that CW – does not release, and I think this is for all shows, but the CW does not release a full season. Um, it releases, like, the first half, and then it's still shooting the second half. Um, so as you get closer to when the finale is supposed to go, they're just wrapping up on that season. Um, so how badly do you think this is going to affect TV shows as far as um, a show we were supposed to get maybe next year that now is put off to a year, uh, a year later? or people trying to catch up on seasons that now are kind of like all uh, jumbled up. I mean, I'm assuming they're going to treat it similar to a, like a mid season break, like the walking dead does or whatever. And then just jump right back in and finish out the season the best they can. Um, I know law and order a little different. Just I'm also a law and order fan. Um, they, the way they've kind of went about it is giving you a big spoiler for Christopher Maloney coming back to the show which is like a huge thing in the Law & Order SBU world. Um, so maybe some shows will go that route where they're like, hey, promise you'll come back. We're going to have something big for you. Maybe they have to push a really big episode instead of two filler episodes. Like something like The Walking Dead, for instance. 
there's a lot of that show you can probably, and I like The Walking Dead, but there's a lot of that show you could cut down to like the good episodes. Um, and I think that's true with a lot of TV, right? So uh, CW shows are another good example where there's like, just come on, <laughs> let's get there. Uh, but <laughs> it's going to be interesting for sure. I think more surprisingly, I think there's going to be a bunch of shelved pilots that we get to see yeah. where originally they were like, I don't think this is going to be good enough, but just because everyone's been at home and not necessarily able to work and not able to shoot, et cetera, if they already have like pilots or three episode pilots and things like that, they might just go, eh, maybe we'll give this show a shot and see what people will say. That's that to me is the most interesting thing is like, what kind of weird show has been on the back shelf that's going to be the breakout star of this right. entire thing? No, I, I completely agree with you. The, the biggest thing I thought uh, <laughs> once I started to see TV shows are getting affected uh, by what's going on was me and Joel have been talking about this since the day we met. And that's specifically, uh, I'm going to stick to CW because that's like my bread and butter of like where television begins and ends for me, really, um, outside of sports. Um, I look at the CW and I go, it's always 23 episodes, right? And you kind of go, you could feel when fillers are coming in the CW. You could feel it in your core. You don't even have to see uh, next week on The Flash. You just know this is a great episode. I'm due for like six fillers. And then that's exactly what you get consecutively. Six fillers that maybe end on a cliff note or, or something like that. To me, I think shows, especially like the CW, should shrink to about 14 episodes a season. That way you are spending, uh, you have more money to spend on visuals, more money to spend. I can't tell you, Chris, how many times I watch The Flash and I'm like, I've seen that same warehouse for like eight fights now. Um, like there has to be other parts of the city you can explore. But obviously you can't afford it. Why? Because you have to make The Flash look interesting. So your money's going to visuals, not locale. Um, so to me, and a lot of people go, well, don't shorten it. It takes the fun away. And I kind of go, everyone that loves Daredevil, Punisher, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, they were only like between eight to 13 episodes. And we all left those seasons going, yeah, no, that was good. Why? Because there was not one filler episode. Uh, because it does not waste time. Um, so I'm like, I look at The Flash and I'm like, you could be 14 episodes and I'd be happy. It means I don't have an episode where Iris is granted The Flash's powers and I have to sit through that. Um, or We Are The Flash. We're seeing two villains go out on a, uh, a Valentine's date. Uh, like, I don't have to see stupid stuff like that. I could just see the good episodes of The Flash and then you end it and that's it. <laughs> that's it. You spend the, the summer filming you're, you're 14 episodes again, and then come October, we get down on the business. So I think that's the biggest thing that should come from this. I am a fan of the Law & Order world. I personally prefer Chicago PD, um, but I grew up watching SVU. It's how my mom and my stepdad made me terrified of the world. Um, so I, I am familiar with the show. Uh, I don't know how many episodes generally come from Law & Order, um, but I'm telling you about... <laughs> So you guys would agree that that could also be a little shorter. Um, you know, it probably doesn't but, as many episodes as it is. Go ahead, Dave. Well, I'm sorry. Like, uh, the, the Flash, I agree with you, should definitely shorten. There's way too many fillers with, with shows like that where there's a continuous story. Then, yes. But uh, shows like SVU, they sometimes have an arc 
but for the most, and they'll have like, you know, occurrences, like you know things about the characters, but pretty much every episode is different, you know? So I don't mind Law and Order being as many episodes as it is because it's just binge worthy. It's not, it's not like throughout those 24 episodes is this long thing going on and you're like, oh my God, there's so much filler. It's like, no, one episode, this girl got raped and murdered, solved the crime. Next episode, this girl got raped and murdered, solved the crime. This episode is a sex trafficking ring, solved the crime, you know? Well, Fia, (laughs) don't do that to Flash. There is it's, this it's, metahuman uh, killed someone, solved the crime. That metahuman killed someone, solved the crime. It just so happens it's, you know, worse. Uh, well, it's, it's bad I, how good Law & Order actually is. I have to agree with Tia on this one because each episode is kind of its own canned thing and it makes it really special when they do have a story arc like, for instance, Olivia Benson uh, getting kidnapped which is a three episode thing, but because oh, they're just really like, kind of like murder. That was yes. <laughs> so, so it's kind of like, if you look at something like murder, she wrote, like each one of those episodes is one episode. It doesn't matter if you don't see all of them necessarily. It's just, it's, it's much different than the flash. The, the flash just has episodes where nothing happens. The same thing with walking dead. They have episodes where literally nothing happens. Um, so not just to make fun of CW shows, but like Law and Order, uh, at least I always know I'm going to get a story and a resolution to the I, episode. I will, <laughs> I, will say, I, I will say this. If someone is asking like, hey, I want to binge watch The Flash. What are the best episodes or the best seasons to go to? Uh, you can kind of pick apart uh, and kind of tell people like, seasons hey, cut seasons, cut seasons in half um, and, and you'll be fine. With Law and Order, you are right. If you miss an episode, it could be more detrimental down the line than it would be if you miss a random episode of The Flash in February. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I don't disagree at all. I just think shows run entirely too long um, as far as episodes in a season, and not all shows need it. Like, you made a great point, Murder, She Wrote. My aunt watches that all the time, and I'm like, if someone was ever new to that show, I would go, spoiler alert, she solves it. Every episode, she solves it. You're not missing anything. <laughs> like, you don't have to ask me what happened in season 30. She solves it. End of, end of the story. Same with the A-team. Spoiler alert, they solve it, you know? Um, so, I mean, you're completely right. And the CW shows had that. I respected Arrow for this season only having about eight episodes. I could tolerate it so much more than I could if you, if you uh, kind of had this huge arc that went 23 episodes, and now you're telling me to care about this random kid Diggle adopted, and then Diggle, you know, Diggle had a, a cousin that came into the arc. It's like, this is stuff, I I, I could miss this. <laughs> I, I don't have to watch this. Um, Martin, I'll go to you next. Um, do you see this, this kind of um, issue with television? Do you kind of see this as a point to where maybe people could reevaluate how to uh, go about processing television shows? Or do you think it'll kind of be, once everything gets to go back to normal, CW will still have 30 episodes per season, per show? Uh, or, or do you think people will start to realize maybe in this format, less is more? Uh, you know, and it really depends on the show. Uh, you know, said like, of course, we've discussed before, I'm a Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan. And when the show first started out, it was, you know, 22, 20, you know, 24 episodes long. Uh, and, and that's another thing I've found is, I'm, especially since we're binge watching different shows, 
it amazes me how many shows started out almost the individual episodes, you know, kind of set pieces, but eventually started going more serial where things were connected. Same thing with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It started out kind of a self-contained episode, self-contained episode, and then once they got rolling, then everything started getting tied together. Uh, my problem with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was I was disappointed when they started cutting it back to the to the uh, lesser amount of episodes. And of course, the main reason we're doing it is because they kept talking like, okay, we're going to cancel it after this after this season. Uh, no, we're going to do it another one. Uh, no, we're going to go ahead and do, an, do another one. And like I said, you know, of course, they're doing the final season for that this year. Uh, and it's only, I think, 12, 14 episodes or whatever it is. Uh, but uh, as you say, depending on the show, 14, 12 to 14 episodes is fine. I mean, uh, I don't, and what I don't, I say you still have the filler things. Uh, you know, even like, I, you know, Kathy and I watched The Outlander on Stars. Uh, in the beginning of this season, that's kind of almost what they had. They kind of, had, you know, they were good episodes, but they were kind of self-contained. And really nothing was going on. It's only in the, since the last three episodes where things have started to pick up. Uh, so really, I mean, like if I was to tell somebody for this season, skip the first three or four. I mean, they're good episodes, but if you really want to see what's going on, catch it from four now to seven or four to nine. Anyway, because uh, they're, it's less self-contained and more serial, and it's the, the drama is really spiking up now and the Outlander. Uh, so, I mean, I guess hey, it depends on the show. Now, I haven't watched, uh, you're talking about... Uh, Good Lord, the names escape me. The, the one with uh, SVU and all them. So I used to watch them all the time. Yeah, I used to watch those all the time. I haven't watched them in forever now. I mean, pretty much since Maloney quit, stopped doing it, I stopped watching them. Uh, but uh, more than likely, once it finally ends, I'll go back and watch them again because they I mean that was good TV uh, when I watched. And that was another thing you talked about. You know, with the deal where they, you know, like the mid-season break. I always would hate that, especially when you waited a year and a half for the show to start and they go like six episodes and it's okay, now we'll see you in about three months for the next. What? That's because because they're doing more filming. They're doing more editing. They're kind of fixing up things. It's an unnecessary break. But here's the thing, Martin. You don't need a break if you only have 13 to 14 episodes. Right. Uh, You know, obviously you would want to spread them out a little bit. You wouldn't want to have a run that goes from October 1st to like October 30th. Um, uh, But to me, I just feel like, especially with a lot more of these um, major brand channels like Fox and uh, NBC coming out with their own streaming services, the more you do that, the more I kind of feel like these shows should go there. Uh, the budget is increased a bit. The shows are reduced a bit. And we get commercial-free episodes of these shows to where you kind of release them all at once. Like, to me, when streaming first came out, like, and it really got big and Netflix started coming out with its own shows, um, someone was like, I, I would appreciate this more if it was weekly. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, I prefer it to where, you know, it's kind of spaced out. And I'm like, that's the most idiotic thing I've ever heard. If I could get all of the episodes of a certain show to where I could watch like the first five minutes of it and go, all right, next episode, this is a filler. This episode is irrelevant. Next episode. Um, I'm telling it would increase uh, their numbers. It would increase people's interest in it because you're not sitting through either. All right. We started our show in October. It's November. Now we'll see you guys in February what (laughs) why you know what why does that make any sense um to me and tia 
you are my witness of this. Um, uh, what is the show? Uh, Defending Jacob. The fact that they released the first three episodes. Oh, I was just going to think that. They released the first three episodes. <laughs> oh, and my God. Today, I'm like, oh, they're going to release three more. They released one. I'm like, you dirty mofos. <laughs> you dirty, dirty mofos. You know. And then, see, what I hate the most is shows that are this good always happen to be your, your bi-weekly shows because they end on a cliffhanger and you're kind of like, what's coming? And then it's like, oh, wait till next week. What? So much could happen in a week. I could, I could did not you... have money to pay for this. And now I can't experience <laughs> it. Give it to me all at once. Go ahead, Zia. And did you and did you watch the episode of Defending Jacob today? Because literally the end of it, I'm like, wait, J.K. Simmons is coming and I have to wait a week to see it? I yes. was so mad. If you say anything could happen a week, I could go drop dead in a week and I will yes. drop dead never having seen yes. that next yes. episode of Defending Jacob. I'm so mad. And- and I felt that, and I felt this way. I was talking to uh, Dakota and AJ. I felt this way about Star Wars: The Clone Wars. The fact that it's a reduced season because it's just ending what we've already kind of had. Um, why are we? Why are you making me wait weekly like you would when it was back on Cartoon Network? I thought the fact that you're on a streaming service meant I could get it all at once. I don't like crying at the end of the episode only to know that I'm going to cry again next week. Let me cry all in one day so I can get it out of. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, it, it's just, it, it's frustrating to know that we thought streaming was going to end television, uh, because you don't have to wait through commercials. You get it all at once. And now streaming services are kind of like, I don't really like giving it to you all at once. It really skews the numbers. I want to kind of separate it a bit. And it's kind of like, no one likes that. Who told you that was something cool to do? No one likes that. Um, but to you, so I'll cater this more to that. Um, we were talking about streaming services getting movies out of here. Do you see a future to where streaming services, especially if it's adapting itself to be television, uh, could at one day um, get television out of here because you're getting more and more, like I said, NBC has its own um, streaming service in Peacock uh, that's coming out. And I think I just heard from someone that Psych is doing an all-new season and a movie, but it's only going to be on Peacock. So I'm like, if it's not on USA anymore, it's really starting to lose the reasons for me needing USA. Suits is gone. Mr. Robot is gone. I'm like, I don't really need to watch USA all that much. Um, Chris, I'm sorry. Until we can get a crowd again, I don't really need Raw uh, right now. Um, Well, I mean, according to the rumors we went over on the show yesterday, Vince McMahon's like attempting to sell this thing. So we'll see. We'll see what comes from that with the stock prices being as low as they are. Yikes. To me, it's like bite the bullet because once everything goes back to normal, these arenas will be packed full of kids, adults, everybody, uh, and business will be booming. The worst thing you could do, and that's what was funny about when Disney started to dwindle uh, a little bit, the worst thing to do is to freak out in a situation you know won't last forever Um, because you'll sell it. Someone will get it for a cheap, even if they have to overspend to get it, they'll then thrive. And the, the thing I think of most is, when the guy had to sell the Clippers, right? He sold the Clippers. He sold them high. He made his money. But now that Bomber has it and the Clippers are really good, it's kind of like, well, you're an idiot. Like, now the Clippers are good. They don't suck. And ticket prices are at an all-time high. Um, merchandising is at an all-time high. And I'm making crazy money off of the Clippers. So you kind of don't want to react too quickly because then someone's going to pick it up for a cheap. Even if it's expensive, 
uh, to us, it's a cheap for some some billionaire out there, and he's gonna take it once the world goes back to normal. Uh, prices for him are gonna be astronomical. Um, but Tia, b- back to you. Do you see streaming services getting television out of here, or do you think television like movie theaters will always have a home? So I think if before this uh, pandemic started that I would have said at some point TV's going to be out of here and the streaming services are going to reign supreme. But two reasons why I actually think that's incorrect now. One is that I think that everyone is overdoing it with the streaming services. It was one thing when it was a niche thing and you had just a few big power players with huge um, libraries. But now that literally everyone is getting one, it's like paying the same for freaking TV and you know, not everything's going to be on one network. I'm not, not network on one streaming service. Every streaming service has its own different type of channels. So, you know, it's getting ridiculous. As you said, we have all of these different already network um, stations coming out with their own freaking streaming service. And it's like, what? And then paying more. And so it's like, if you, if you pay for Netflix, Amazon prime, Disney plus Hulu, Apple TV plus that's like already 50 fucking dollars and shit. So excuse my French. Um, (laughs) And then my second thing is that, you know, and I've, and I've, talk to you about this that for about three weeks my uh internet was wonky as shit i didn't have internet at nighttime and i didn't have internet um on the weekends for three weeks guess what i was forced watching cable freaking tv so it's like you're gonna have that certain uh group of people who just kind of like flipping through cable who then maybe don't necessarily pay for internet. There are those people out there. So I think that while certainly the the field is changing, I don't necessarily see anytime soon TV kind of completely dissipating. Um, just because people still, it's easy to get a TV, get the cable box, and then just kind of flip as opposed to now you got to get all these services. You got to get the thing that's going to play all of these services and stuff like my first, as I told you, my Xbox one just cracked out. Luckily I had a Chromecast in my freaking closet and I could put that in because the Roku that I freaking ordered from Walmart still hasn't come. Marty, you got to talk to your I'm, people there. I'm sorry. It's been like a month or so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't think that it's like the movies. I don't think that the streaming services are necessarily going to push TV out of the door just yet. Uh, I'm going to go to you first, Chris, before I, before I give my response. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I'm just in agreement with, uh, with what Tia just said about TV. And I think the primary reason is live sports. And until you can come up with a better yeah. pricing model than you have to pay so much to buy the NFL season ticket and there's blackout games or the NHL season ticket, live sports are still going to carry cable in a lot of ways, specifically ESPN. Um, there's still that need for, and I mean, that's why when you look at something like WWE we were talking about, that's why they have those massive TV deals that they got from Fox and, and uh, USA, because they are a live thing that you're only going to get on TV. Um, so TV is still from that aspect, 
respect and just the fact that people like to flip channels is a thing. I love the idea of a la carte, but when you start stacking these services together, and if you play video games, stacking those services together, it does end up being a cable bill. So I think maybe the, maybe the model of cable changes more so than anything else, but like the idea of you're still going to have to pay it for internet some way. And those are your cable companies. So they're still going to exist in some form or format. The things that more piss me off is like CBS all access, right? Like, <laughs> that's uh that's more frustrating why do i have to pay for that well see so like you're paying to watch star trek you're already a network yeah i was just just call it the star trek (laughs) just just call it just call it the star trek streaming service and don't tell me it's cbs all access i'm i'm fucking fine with it but excuse my french also but i look at it like this i look at it to where we are a we are a nature that adapts right so i look at it to where it's like this people do enjoy flipping through channels but what do they hate when they're flipping through channels is that they can't find anything to watch. When you now have a streaming service that either has a library for you to go back through to where you're like, maybe I did miss that season of Psych. Let me go back. Or, um, oh, this is a show I didn't even know came out. Let me watch this. To me, I find it easier to flip through Netflix than I do television. I come across a lot more movies that maybe I haven't seen in a while that now I don't have to worry about. It's going to stop and do a commercial break or this is the thing I hate the most, watching Rush Hour and hearing someone dub uh, their voice over Chris Tucker so you can't hear the curse word is the most disgusting and foul thing to ever experience. <laughs> um, so to know that you can go to a streaming service, watch Rush Hour, completely original, um, is something that, that is dear. I don't disagree with you guys. Chris, the biggest thing me and Nick went back and forth about was how can you allocate sports to a streaming service? And what we figured out was if you go on ESPN uh, for a specific ESPN game, that, that's all I'm talking about right now, specifically an ESPN game, you can watch a few of those games through ESPN. Um, and it does not matter where you live. You could watch those games on ESPN. Um, so I, to me, there is a way to do it. Sure. Are they probably going to have to charge you like 15 or $20 a month for the NBA league pass or whatever? Probably early on. Um, but there Wait. are – go ahead. Go ahead, Taylor. Oh, really quick, does ESPN have a streaming – does ESPN have a streaming service? Because you guys are going to have to pay for that at some point. That's coming. Well, Disney – If Disney is smart, it would become a, uh, a full-on – part of the disney plus bundle that you could buy along with Mm -hmm. first of all i just want to say this i don't know why hulu exists when you could just put everything on disney plus i think disney is too much in it go ahead i'm sorry you you can't have all that adult stuff on disney correct me if i'm wrong i don't think anything adult is on disney and hulu has a lot of really mature stuff on it to me yeah i mean that's just a pure marketing Go ahead, I'm sorry. That's just pure market. That's just pure marketing. I mean, like Disney is a magical wonderland. You can't have murder shows. <laughs> yeah, but Disney. to me, to me, it's as simple as like I think Netflix would be smarter if if it worked this model. Uh, I can't tell you how many times like I get terrified uh, with like whenever I let a sibling use my Netflix with whatever I watch, and then I'm like I'm looking at you recently watched, and I'm like. I didn't see that. How does she know about that show? Um, but all you have to do really is have Disney Plus and then have it to where you could flip over to Hulu all in one app. 
I don't like having all these apps that are all Disney. And I'm like, just put it all in one app and just give me an avenue to go from one to the other. Um, and it's and it's to where I'm like, if you look at Hulu, there is like, you don't go to Hulu and see people like actually having sex. So it's not like you have to worry about your kid walking, walking in, like watching a Hulu show to where they're actually doing it. Yeah, but you have... But you have curses, like you have the show The Act where you're watching a mother abuse a child, you have all these, you know, um, really like foul language freaking shows on it that I think that would be a problem for some, you know, parent having that there. Do what Netflix does. Netflix has, you could set it to where it's for children, um, so it doesn't allow you to do anything M.A., uh, you can set it for, I think, like teen or whatever, and then set it for adult. So anything goes for adult. Do that and then have it be in Well, here. you know. Go ahead. Then that's an, and that's another thing with these apps, having a million different apps for the same company. As you said, it frustrates you with Disney, right? It frustrates me that freaking Warner Brothers has a thousand different streaming services. You have HBO Max, and then, and then I think it's either still going to have HBO Go or HBO Now. One of them is getting sucked into it, but I forget. And then you have DC Universe, and then isn't there supposed to be not another like Warner Brothers freaking streaming service? It's like you're all under the same umbrella. Just go into one. Warner Brothers. I, I will also say... Uh, go ahead, Chris. I'll just say real quick, logistically... If you look at the user base that has Hulu, a lot of the people that had Hulu had Hulu way before Disney Plus. So right. you have to worry about migrating all yeah. of that data to one specific app, and their apps aren't the same. They weren't developed by the same company. So now you're looking at reprogramming into one structure, and we kind of all know how the Disney Plus launch went. Um, <laughs> even with the stuff they were tying together with joint accounts it's a much heavier lift than you would think. And then also there are people that just dislike Disney as a company and as a whole. And even if they realize that Hulu was owned by Disney, they were like, well, Hulu is still Hulu. It's not exactly Disney. You know, and, and I, and I know that sounds crazy, but that's a thing. If I was Disney, I'd be so petty. I would rename it Disney Hulu. Like you'd have to call it Disney Hulu for now. <laughs> that is how petty I am. It, it's Disney Hulu. There you go, people that don't like it. I mean, they don't call it Disney ESPN, even though they own ESPN and have owned them for a long time. What's crazy is, to your exact point, people forget that ESPN is Disney. ABC is Disney. Like, it's all Disney. Uh, And people are like, I hate Disney. I'm like, did you watch the finals yesterday? Yeah. Well, thank Disney. (laughs) And that's what I'm getting at is, I mean, that's Disney's model is that Disney is specifically the magic wonderland that's for kids. Right. It's it's supposed to be this magical thing. So when you start introducing these other aspects, whether you have parental locks or not, it becomes very against what Disney was kind of built on, which is a magical place for families. And then when you start integrating that stuff in, you start taking weird steps like, and this is how you end up with like 16 different Nickelodeons on Pluto TV. So I'll say this, Chris. I'll say this. I am curious because this is this is more pressing for Disney than it is for anything else. How Disney plays Deadpool three? Do they release it through a sister company? Because if it is a Disney product, you're going to have a tough time with parents who see the Disney logo, take their kids, and then go, "What the hell did I just take my kid to go see?" 
Um, so I mean, that to Hopefully me would be they learn their lesson after I mean, the first one because they, that yeah. was the whole problem with the first Deadpool, you know, and all the angry, you know, parents. I just took my kid to the superhero movie and this one woman's pegging uh, freaking Wade Wilson. What the hell did I just watch? But to be fair, to be fair, if I blame that on the theater because if a mother and her child come together and say, two tickets for Deadpool, please, and you see that kid has his thumb in his mouth, and you go, sure, ma'am, that's a problem. That is a problem. I remember my boss yelled at me um, because I was ruining sales anytime a parent was bringing their, uh, no, I'm sorry, anytime a parent was coming in with their kids and was like, uh, Grand Theft Auto for my child, please, and I'm like, you can go to a strip club in that game, ma'am, and she's like, oh, what? Absolutely not. And then the kid's like shooting me the middle finger and I'm like, I'm sorry. This lady's not going to come back here and yell at me when she witnesses everything you can do in that game. Um, you deserve some bad karma for ruining that kid's childhood, man. Because I went and saw Tank Girl when I was like six or seven. <laughs> Listen, I've seen a parent come back into a GameStop and legit go nuclear on the guy because he sold the kid a game that was M.A. Uh, and to me, I just tell the parents what's in it. If you still choose to buy it, by all means, I'll ring it up for you. But I need you to know what's in it. So you're not coming home one day and Timmy that's eight is making it rain in the strip club and then <laughs> killing the stripper, take his money back. You're not going to walk in the yeah, next and well, like me. I mean, at some point we're getting into the conversation of like, parents should do their jobs better. Basically, there's a reason why there's a rating on those games. Yeah, I can't tell you how many parents that Go ahead, like yeah. took their kids. It's the same thing that all the parents that took their kids to go see Sausage Party because it's an anime film and being very, very, very surprised. Yeah, I mean, but to me, it's like Sometimes you get those parents that are like, I just want to buy this game so he can stop bugging me. He can go in his room, go play it. I don't have to be bothered. And I'm like, well, there's consequences that come with that. And the consequences are your son is now online with his friends beating up strippers. Like that is a consequence that comes to you not doing your due diligence of just flipping the game over. It says on the back. Like that's as easy as it is to where you just go, oh, okay. Coming from the generation that watched, coming from the generation that watched South Park when we were like eight. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, okay. If our parents knew that, they would go back and say, "Absolutely not, absolutely not." Um, I come from a mother who thought Ed Ed Nettie was too much, so I couldn't watch Ed Ed Nettie. Um, so I feel I do not feel bad for these kids. Um, I got older and watched Ed Ed Nettie and was like. If only she knew Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy was a thousand times worse than Ed Ed Nettie. Uh, so you're so you're exact so you're just exacting your vengeance on these poor kids so that they can't play Grand Theft Auto. That's what's yes. actually happening. Is you're wanting to ruin am, their childhood. I am that cop who got bullied as a kid and is now flexing his cop muscles uh, to exact my revenge. That is essentially what what I have become. Yes. Um, but all right, uh, I want to wrap this up. I don't want to keep you guys too long. I promise you two hours max. All right. Um, I do want to go over one quick thing. Uh, anything in, in the geek news you guys want to want to kind of uh, bring up? I'm going to kind of go rapid fire here. I want to bring up um, 
the fact that we are getting a G.I. Joe movie, live action movie, that is a follow-up from the Snake Eyes movie. You guys might not know this about me. I am a bigger Snake Eyes fan than I am Batman fan. If any of you try to bring that up again, I will deny it. Um, but I am. Uh, first person I saw was Snake Eyes, and I just loved the look, um, which is what made Batman so much cooler, because I'm like, he actually talks. Like, I could hear Batman say something to me. That's that's cooler. Uh, but I'm a huge Snake Eyes fan. I'm an even bigger Henry Golding fan. Um, so just putting those elements together, I cannot wait to see what they set up in this G.I. Joe extended universe. I'm really excited for that. So freaking hyped. Um, Tia, I'm going to go to you next. Anything in the geek world you want to uh, you want to highlight? Oh man, I just went to our uh, Twitter page to see <laughs> if there was anything. Come back to me. I'm prepared. I'm gonna come back to you, uh, Chris. I'll go to you. I mean, I think you you nailed it with the with just GI Joe. I'm excited for that. I like the first uh, with two two movies, three movies? two movies. The first two movies, I remember yeah. enjoying them. And I didn't grow up a huge GI Joe fan, but I liked those movies. So I'm excited. I saw that just come through um, on on our Facebook. And uh, yeah, that, that's something I'm definitely excited for as far as, uh, I guess, geek related items go. Yeah. And my, my issue is a lot of people that uh, are, talk down on GI Joe talk down uh, on it pretty much because uh, they didn't like the, the first two movies, albeit they're not perfect movies. I, I'll never say that. Um, but to me, you needed those movies to walk, uh, to crawl, so these newer movies could walk. And if these newer movies are really good, it tells you we needed that so we could get to this point of having really good G.I. Joe movies. Um, I am a huge fan, Chris, not of the original cartoon because they were more so of like um, uh, learning curves, like teaching you and <laughs> kind of the educational route. And I'm like, I just want to see you blow stuff up. So I was more of a fan of the newer G.I. Joe uh, cartoons to where it was less knowing half the battle and more, I think I just killed that village. Like, I'm not even sure. Like, I don't even know. Um, so I'm more of a fan of that. And I love that world. I love the world that Transformers built. Michael Bay crawled. And as much as I hate that man for what he did to my childhood, he crawled <laughs> so we could have Bumblebee. Uh, he crawled so when these new Ninja Turtle movies come out uh, that are in development, uh, and if they're good, he crawled so they could walk. So we needed bad so we could get to good. So that's how I choose to yeah. look at it rather than just spewing hate on a whole franchise because they couldn't get it right originally. Um, I just look at it to where it's like there's always a chance to write the ship, and that rite of passage seems to be Henry Golden's Snake Eyes movie that comes out later this year. I do have one other, I guess, geek-ish related thing, which is Yakuza is out on Xbox Gold. Yes. So if you haven't played the Yakuza games, the PC, if you have PC Game Pass or Xbox Game Pass, I highly recommend going and play those. I saw that pop up on Game Pass and was like, yes. So if you haven't played the Yakuza games, go play them. One last thing I wanted to ask you, Chris, before I um, I move on to Martin, Jacoy, and, and, and Tia to, to end this. Um, how blown away were you by Valhalla? Uh, by the new Assassin's Creed. Like, how freaking epic was that, man? It's going to be pretty awesome. I'm actually, it's the it's the one I've been looking forward to. The, I guess now that I've seen it, it's the, it's the one that's intrigued me the most because I didn't really, the last two atmospheres didn't really capture me that much except for what, whichever, whichever one was the pirate one. 
I think was the last Black Assassin's Flag. Creed I that's really, really dug. That's the one me and Joel love. Black Flag, yeah. So that's the one that I really, really dug. So this one kind of harkens to that a little bit, or at least it, it has my same level of interest. So I'm very stoked about it. I think it's going to be really cool. Plus, they've had a couple years off, if you really think about it. So hopefully, you know, by the time this game comes out, it should be incredible, especially on the new console platform. Yeah, I, I love the look of it. And what was so dope about it was when it looked like the main character was about to die on the field, and then, like, he, he hit him with the assassin blade. When I saw that, I was like, oh, shit, this is Assassin's Creed, because it just didn't feel like it. The atmosphere didn't feel like it. It wasn't until I saw that blade where I was like, oh, yeah, okay, Assassin's Creed. All right, all right, all right. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Um, but, yeah, I am a huge fan of Black Flag. It is the most underrated video game of the franchise. I put it right up there with the first one. Um, it was just so much fun, and you being able to go to battle in your, your, your ship uh, and you being able to fortify your ship and make it like a, a tank on water was super dope. Um, Chris, I will talk to you later about my pitch for Assassin's Creed live action TV series, uh, a, a shortened format. Um, I have so many ideas and I pitched it to Joel and he liked it. That's when I knew I'm on to something because Tia knows okay. Joel disagrees with everything I say. So if Joel's like, I, would, I mean, <laughs> go ahead, Chris. I mean, as soon as you said it, I was just like, is it going to just be like Bad Matrix, which is the majority of the story that's the backbone see, of Assassin's see, Creed? I'm going to try my best not to get into it here because um, I don't want I don't want to take up too much time. But my idea was to have the story be based on Black Flag. You eliminate the human aspect of it to where you're showing them entering, uh, you know, the ad uh, the, was it Cadmus or Admus, whatever it was called. Um, so the story is only about the pirate's life. And I was going to cast the guy from uh, the guy that was Jon Snow um, as the lead of, of that Black Flag series, have it be about 14 episodes. And it's only about that pirate's journey of becoming an assassin um, rather than showing all that extra stuff that even us gamers just could care less about. It, it slowed down the game, really. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll have to talk after this for sure. And then I'll also pitch you my Red Dead movie. <laughs> we're going to do it. We're actually even going to have an episode called, uh, a show called Pitch It, where we're going to pitch our ideas. Chris, we're going to have fun with this, man. Um, but no, Tia, you, you ready or you want me to, to go to your last? No, I'm ready. I'm All ready. Right, I'm ready. So, um, what the fuck was I going to say? Oh, not that this is like exciting news. I just felt that maybe we should highlight it for a second because I thought it was super interesting. Um, apparently the studios are looking to recast um, the actors who had previously been casted to play Iris West in the upcoming Flash movie. I just wanted to get all of your guys' opinions on that because that seems to be pretty big. Um, granted, we all know that a lot of what had been set in place prior to Zack Snyder leaving is obviously dissipating, but they are still coming out with a Flash movie, and considering it seems like the rumors are because the director wants to recast, that is that, like, what do you guys think, Juan? Like, what are your thoughts there of them wanting to recast when this actress had already, it already been announced that she was uh, playing Iris West, and it seems like, you know, that was something that this actress was excited to do. I'm a huge Kiersey Clemens fan, um, and no, not just because she is, like, the most beautiful woman ever. Um, I am a fan of her <laughs> acting, actually. 
Um, so it, it sucks that we won't get to see her um, push boundaries as Iris. Um, but this does give an opportunity for something Tia has wanted since the day Justice League was announced. Um, and that is getting rid of Ezra Miller. I think you should do a, a, full, a full haul. Get rid of everybody. Honestly, I'm sick of Ezra. I'm sick of uh, the fact that really? I... I, no, I'm so I'm surprised only, by that. I'm, I'm only so sick of you're only because, the one who's yelling at me for like doubting Ezra's no. ability to play Barry Time Allen. <laughs> you were uh, you wanted to get rid of him because you didn't think he could play a good Barry. I said that's more I so Zach's writing. That's definitely more so Zach's writing than it is his acting ability. I think that that is the biggest issue. Um, but no, I, I think you should recast. Start start fresh. Don't tie all that, uh, excuse me, bad juju to this new Flash movie uh, recast. And honestly, Tia, guess who I want to play Flash? Mr. Quaid from The Boys. Uh, I wanted him to play oh, Barry so Allen. He has such a, a intelligence about him and such a nervousness about him that I think he could usher in a new Barry Allen that could be so comic accurate. And he... He is very attractive, so he has that element of uh, element of Barry, and he's much of a newer name that this movie could launch him into stardom. Um, I do think he is a really gifted actor. What he did with the boys was really fun. I can't wait to see where he kind of develops in that. But um, that's who I would want to be my new Barry Allen. Get Ezra out of here and his weirdness and his Dennis Rodman esque behavior, um, and let's get Mr. Quaid in here. But uh, Martin, I'm going to go to you next. How do you feel about uh, Miss Clemens possibly being on the outs? Uh, be honest, I don't really have an opinion on it because I have not really paid that much attention because <laughs> they keep jumping back and forth what they're going to do. I I just stopped caring. Uh, but I did have a couple things I wanted to throw out there, not to deal with that subject, mind you. Uh, the whole uh, Hercules thing. Uh, uh, yeah. I, you know, of course, you hear, and you hear everyone say that you know Disney can't come up with anything new, and I I tend to kind of mimic that theory. Though I I'm I'm somewhat interested in see what they might do with Hercules though because I love the the cartoon. The cartoon. Uh, I thought James Wood, Woods was hilarious as Hades. Uh, I'd be curious to see what they do with it, if they you know if it ever comes through. Also, the, we talked about the uh, there's a the bleep, excuse me brief mention about the PlayStation thing and why they couldn't make it uh, compatible down to the PlayStation Four and PlayStation Three. That's very disappointing to me because if, if I could turn this camera over here, I've got an entire shelf full of PlayStation Three games that I can't do anything with because my PlayStation Three doesn't work anymore. Uh, oh, I would no. <laughs> I would love to be able to play them dumb things again because they're I mean I I got all the uh, uh, you know we we're talking about the Assassin's Creed ones. I've got all those Assassin's Creed games sitting over there that uh, I can't do anything with, but I'm too uh, clingy to throw them away. Uh, so uh, I was kind of hoping, you know, cause that's the original reason why I bought the original PlayStation 3 was because it was down, you know, it was, uh, I could play the PlayStation 2 games on it. Uh, so, I, and I still hope maybe at some point in time they come up with something for that. Uh, but uh, I mean, I understand. I mean, cost-wise, you know, the the more compatibility you have to add to it, probably the, the higher the cost gets. But uh, I was I kind of a little disappointed that we couldn't do that because, like I said, because I've got a bunch of dust collectors over here waiting for a game a game to go into. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'll start with your Hercules uh, story because I do not have a PlayStation, so I do not share your pain. Xbox gang over here. Um, but um, as far as Hercules, I think it's, it's, it's something we have to get over. Disney does do original stuff. Um, it just does they just don't do anything original as far as adaptations, um, like original stories uh, of their animation, stuff like that. But to me, you're taking something that kids of this past uh, generation probably had no interest in seeing, probably didn't even see. Um, so you're, you're reintroducing them to something that they can always go back to watch the animated movie. And I've seen a lot of people when Lion King came out, didn't see the original animated movie, saw this one and went, I want to see what was so good about that animated one. And they saw it and they were like, oh, okay, I get it, I get it. So to me, if this is how you could, I'll give you an example, uh, uh, Tia. I have not seen any of the Back to the Futures. I don't plan on it. I find, I saw a little bit of one and I kind of found it to be a little bit boring. Um, if someone did a, uh, a remake of that, uh, like a lot of people pitched, um, getting the writers of Rick and Morty to, to cast Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Holland and make a kind of twisted, freaky Back to the Future. Um, if that hits, and I think that's really good, it'll make me want to see where it started, you know? It'll intrigue me enough. Same thing with Jurassic Park. I saw Jurassic World, made me kind of want to go, where did this start? And I saw the originals and I kind of went, these are horrible. I'm glad I started with Jurassic World. Um, so to me, to me, if you do Hercules with Chris Pratt is Hercules and Idris Elba is Hades, uh, and kind of make a new kind of spin to it, it could make a lot of these kids go, I want to see that animated movie. Like where did, where did this come from? Um, the wow. jungle book Tia honestly had a, a huge sales for their animated, uh, their animated movie, uh, as far as, um, downloads for it. Uh, cause people wanted to see where, where did this come from? So it does work that way. Uh, me personally, if Disney doesn't think it has good ideas as far as its original content, don't just put out a bad movie. Um, if you need to keep going to the well uh, because it works, do it until it doesn't. Um, so to me, I like it. I would cast Chris Pratt as Hercules and Idris Elba as Hades, and it would be so much fun to watch. Chris Pratt has that lovable charm that you need for Hercules. And Idris Elba could bring such a dope vibe to Hades. Just picturing I now in the trailer. Pratt, Go ahead, I'm sorry. I think Chris Pratt would be too old for that role. It has to be someone younger. See, I disagree. Liam I did, Hemsworth. Chris, Liam Hemsworth. No. Liam Hemsworth. No, she no, just no. wanted to stand there, with the shirt. There is a lovability. <laughs> yeah. There is a lovability about Chris Pratt. That it's like when you see him, you're just like it's so it's so adorable. Look at look at Chris Pratt. And remember, very early on in in the, the animated movie of Hercules, he was very kind of not all there. Chris Pratt could do that better than anybody. He can kind of be that that Dutch that's trying to swing a sword and hit somebody by accident or throws a shield by accident. He fits that uh, more so than anything. I'm gonna go to you uh, real quick, Chris. But um, to me, the biggest thing I picture in my head is hearing Idris Elba's voice as Hades as he slowly makes his way out of the dark, uh, you know, into the light. And, like, just picturing how spooky and scary that would be. Um, I think the animated one kind of went the humorous route. I would like a kind of Clash of the Titans darker vibe of this Hercules. Um, and I think it'll be a little refreshing, and I think they could do a good job about it. But uh, go ahead, Chris. 
So with the Hercules movie, is it going to be like an origin type story of Hercules? Is there a reason why they couldn't just do a very grizzled Hercules? Because if so, like... There's not much details yet, except for kind of the few people that they have an eye on. uh, It getting a producer, names for directors. um, Tia, correct me if I'm wrong. That's all the information that's really been put out so far. Um, So it very likely could be an older Hercules. And we get flashbacks of what we saw from the animated movie. But this is an older Hercules. So, I mean, it's very likely we could get that. They take their own spin on it. Yeah, so if they did something like that, I mean, right off the rip, Tom Hardy. Throw the hair off. Tom Hardy, Hercules. We would never understand what he's saying. (laughs) (laughs) We wouldn't hear a word. Yeah, but he's supposed to be Greek, us. man. He's not. He's not supposed to talk like Chris Pratt. <laughs> I'm supposed to just understand what he's saying. That's all I'm saying, Chris. I don't need mumbles and grunts. Stop hating on Tom Hardy, Javon. Jesus, I'm not. But I my had to old, watch. I had to rewatch old. Venom on subtitles, Tia. I'm like, I don't know what. Stop. He's stop. Um, I like the I, I just like the idea of an older Hercules because you can go kind of the God of War if we're going to tie right. it back to video games, for instance. You can go the God of War aspect of Hercules. Oh, you want him that really... old? You want him that old? Yeah, dude. Holding and everything. Yes. Hell, hell yeah. Tom so Hardy, wanna, long hair, but holding skip. on to it like Hulk Hogan, just so hold on. fucking throwing skip, people off cliffs. All of you want to skip all of Hercules's sexy phase to go right to a. Uh, a balding old man, that's what you're saying, Chris? <laughs> yes, because, because like, I mean, like, you want to know why? Because if you just, if you do Hercules, it's just like Troy or any of those other movies that they throw a pretty boy gladiator into. But if you did, like, an old version of Hercules, it'd be something I hadn't seen. Fair enough. I, I would rather still pitch my Jason Momoa God of War, uh, where you can do that exact story, uh, shave Jason, even though you would never want to touch that hair. Um, shave Jason Momoa down, thicken up that beard, um, and do a story like that. I would rather that. Um, but I mean, look. And if, he's also good looking shirtless. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes, All right. he is. Okay. Um, I wasn't even thinking of that, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess I can't deny that. <laughs> yeah, you um, stop it. But, um, but no, I mean, look. The Russo brothers seem to be attached to it. Um, I have not seen a bad thing from them um, since they have started their career as directors, producers, whatever you want to call it. Um, The Chadwick Boseman movie was a bit of a snooze fest, so maybe that might be the one bad thing they had their names attached to. But um, I I, I trust them, and I am excited to see what they're able to do with this Hercules movie. Jacoya, did you did you want to add anything? Is there anything in the geek world? Well, first of all, you totally skipped me from the last question, but I ain't say nothing because I ain't want to extend the whole thing. Which one? But I'll pick one. Yes, you did. Yeah, which one? You did. You did. Which one? I'm saying which one. The last the last question about the TV show. Uh, you skipped me. Oh, oh. The floor is yours then, Jacoya. Y'all was having your old conversation. Forgot about me. But um, no um. On this here, uh, I'm kind of interested in seeing how they go forward with this Mortal Kombat movie that they're looking at. Um, I heard something about a Sims movie that they're trying to do. I'm trying. I'm kind of interested in that as well. Um, Hercules, I really, really love Hercules. That's like one of my favorite movies. 
And it's interesting because my daughters actually just saw Hercules for the first time um, this year. And I've, I've heard them watching it in their room, like, you know, while I'm out here in the living room. So it's kind of like cute that they've actually, you know, gotten into it. It had the best soundtrack, like one of, it had one of the best soundtracks. One of the best. Okay. Okay. All right. You was ready. You was ready. This, I mean, let me finish my sentence. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Dang. It had one of the best soundtracks, you know, for animated, you know, movie. So they would definitely have to make sure to ramp up, you know, that music. It's kind of interesting because they had uh, Ariana Grande singing the song, um, I Don't Think I'm In Love, when they did the, the sing-along for Disney. I could actually see her playing that mm-hmm. role, interestingly. Um... And as far as who's Hercules, I don't know. I do not know. But I know they better get those muses together. Those muses better be cast properly or it's going to be a problem. That's going to be the issue for me. So I think they better listen to the fans. They've done enough, you know, um, check marks on who they think should be in it. I definitely believe that Amber Riley should have a chance to be in the movie. I think she's very underrated. Her voice is amazing. She would do great. Um, I think... It's the, whoever else they're putting in there, people who are known, but I know for sure that Amber Riley needs to be in this movie, period. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's about it. I haven't really, there's a guy I follow on uh, YouTube that does like all of these, uh, like the rumor m- movie reviews and like the movie release dates and things that come out. So the only thing I really was interested in from there was like I said, Mortal Kombat, because that's one of my favorites, you know, to watch. I really thought they were going to do an Assassin's Creed Part 2. That never got any, um, what you mean? I like that movie. I actually like, like that movie. I like you that You played movie. the games? I did play the game. And you like that movie? I told you I like things for what they are. <laughs> My gosh. Jeez. <laughs> you, I can't. I can't. Anyway, um... I know that they kind of like X that out. So that was like, a, eh, eh, you know, but, but is there like a uh, animated show that they have for that? For Assassin's Creed? Mm-hmm. No, that's no. why I was trying to pitch a oh, perfect okay. show so everyone okay. could forget that movie <laughs> and we can reestablish what doing Assassin's Creed world uh, would be. But oh my God. To your, um, to your point, Mortal Kombat is very important um, because if that movie can't hit, um then it, it just it makes it really tough on us ever getting any other movie um uh that's an adaptation of a video game like that to really hit um because to me if you could do mortal Kombat really well i would love street fighter again i would love tekken mm-hmm. uh, i would love seeing some more i would oh, love, I, love tekken. I would love hitman um, even though I thought the first one was classic and then i spoke to the executive producer and he's like oh that movie was horrible i'm like you're not going to say that. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then Timothy was like, yeah, I took, the, I took the job for money. I'm like, why does everyone keep pooping on this movie? Um, but no, to me, Mortal Kombat, um, <laughs> it, it has the power to do what Detective Pikachu did, which was Detective Pikachu opened the door to where you're like, all right, if you could do that well, I can expect a Pokemon movie uh, down the line and know that it can look good, feel good. And then know? Sonic as well. Sonic was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't heard really anything negative about it. Yeah. We all got to see it uh, a week and a half early, and we just left the theater going. Like, I, I told Joel before the movie started, I'm like, if this movie ends and we feel like we want to either A, go buy a Sonic game, or B, go play one that we already have, 
It did its job. I text Joel the next day, and he's like, I bought Sonic Mania. I'm like, it's cool. I bought Sonic Forces. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get some kind of Sonic in here because it just – it hyped me up. So mm-hmm. uh, Mortal Kombat just dropped a great animated movie. Go check it out if you did not. It is so authentic, so uh, so good. It feels just like the games. Um, this live-action movie I thought casted horribly. Um, so I don't even know what to expect. But James Wan is on it. I love him. I trust him. He has not done it. Uh, he has not uh, steered me wrong yet. Um, so my fingers are crossed. Um, but yeah, no, that's a, that's a good uh, that's a good thing to point out, uh, Jacoya. That movie needs to hit. I need a Tekken movie, and we can't have Tekken if Mortal Kombat. Can't yeah. Um, so fingers I love crossed. Tekken for that. so much. Fingers crossed for that. Uh, Chris, did you have anything to add? You look like you're Soul Calibur. Mortal Kombat. Soul Calibur, oh, we're no, not no. ready for it, Tia, only because it's a it's a crossbreed of too many licensing. Uh, I think there's I, licensing issues on, on that. I, I don't know anything about what's going on with the Mortal Kombat movie. I just hope it's not based around the Kombat Kids. No. So. God, no. Chris? No. No. No, Chris. <laughs> it is not. No. Um, so, as lo- so as long as it's not based around the Kombat Kids, I'm totally down for a new Mortal Kombat movie. And the only thing I was going to say is the Hitman with what they were able to accomplish with those games after that movie came out and how good those games are and all of the different things that you can become as Agent 47, like a drummer, for instance, yes. that they need to revisit Hitman because I think the that there's some hilarity you could put in that movie, a little bit of levity, some older style James Bond movies that you could add into that Hitman franchise would be pretty great as far as uh, Agent 47. We're going to have a great video game live action uh, adaptation, <laughs> Chris. Um, but I do want to pitch this last thing before we, we end this here. Uh, we had a great show. Martin, Tia, Jacoya, Chris, thank you guys for joining me for this awesome version of Geek Vibes Live. Uh, we haven't done one in forever. Um, so it was, re- it was really cool to do this. But um, one thing I would love, because I think Feige and Disney could find a way to do it, is a live action Marvel versus Capcom. Uh, to where it's a universe oh. builder. It's not just a straight-up event film. It's where you slowly build it. So you have Capcom do a few of their movies, um, and then you have Marvel do a few of their movies to where uh, those movies end to where it's inciting uh, what evil is to come. Uh, and you could even have it to where Ultron comes back, like the newer one just did. But I think if you could ever get Mega Man and um in in captain america or mega man and spider-man on the same screen it will break records that nothing will ever be able to break in the history of movies marvel versus capcom in a live action would shatter the box office it would it would be awesome it would it would unless blow up go ahead chris unless mega man steps on screen and they play dr wiley's castle theme i'm out <laughs> but if he shows we up, we can do that. We can do that. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, I would love that crossover, and I think, um, I think Feige could kind of get Capcom on board with it. Um, it it's, it, it's great for both brands because if you're Capcom, what you would be smart to do is have a Marvel vs. Capcom game in the weights. Um, so after the movie drops, you release your game. Your game has all kinds of numbers because people are so hyped from the movie that hopefully is good. Um, but I think if you did that crossover, <laughs> it would be epic. And then it would force Warner Brothers to have to uh, horribly force itself to do a Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. And that ultimately would just be an eyesore. 
Um, thank you guys. Go ahead, Tia. Go ahead, Tia. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I was just going to say, and it would go. Oh, 100%, because they would force it. They would force it at that point. But um, I want to thank you guys for joining me for this episode. I'm going to end it now so we don't venture into the three-hour mark. Uh, thank you guys for joining me. Uh, make sure you guys stay tuned for Skate to Throats. Uh, also, Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Uh, both episodes are, are recording tomorrow, so they'll be released for uh, this upcoming week. TS Top 10, Martin and Kathy. Uh, you guys have your podcast also. Um, stay tuned for that. Um, and we will be doing Star Wars Saturdays uh, tomorrow. This last episode was very emotional. Um, I emptied out a whole tissue box watching this episode. Um, so make sure you guys stay tuned to see me, AJ, and both our Dakotas uh, break down this, uh, this week's episode of Star Wars. Uh, once again, thank you guys. Until next time.